Welcome to the Mariners podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius, and you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. Tonight, we're, we are going to recap the Mariners' victory over the Baltimore Orioles. This was the first game of the three-game set. Uh, the pitching matchup was Logan Gilbert against Kyle Gibson. Uh, the Mariners' offense exploded for the second game in a row. Uh, 13 runs, 17 hits. We will talk uh, Logan Gilbert's start. At one point in time, he had reti- retired 15 Baltimore Orioles in a row. And then talk a little offense because they've scored 23 runs in the last two games. I think we need to give them their props uh, for producing a much maligned offense. Um, some players who have been highly criticized in the first uh, third of the season have started to really uh, come through for the Mariners. So we'll do all that. Talk about last night or I guess tonight's game. And, uh, and then finish up with why the Mariners can't trade starting pitching for hitting. So again, the matchup was uh, Logan Gilbert against Kyle Gibson. Logan Gilbert came into this game with a four and four record and a 4.31 ERA and a 1.07 whip. Kyle Gibson entered the matchup eight and four with a 3.94 ERA and a 1.27 whip. Uh, Logan Gilbert has pitched better than his ERA. His uh, his XERA is 3.64, but he has a 64% left on base percentage. That's below league average. It means that um, a higher number than average amount of runners are scoring that are on base. Uh, and uh, oftentimes, much of that is luck. Um, a portion of that is also a pitcher's ability to strike batters out and uh, Logan Gilbert has been striking plenty of batters out um, this season, 84 Ks and 79 in the third inning. So that's not the issue. A lot, again, a lot of it is luck. Um, no pronounced uh, splits against or platoon splits, 236 against lefties, 223 against righties. However, in coming into this game in June, Logan Gilbert had a 5.28 ERA in 15 in the third innings. Uh, surrendering 17 hits, five walks, and 11 strikeouts. So he had been struggling in the month of June. Kyle Gibson again, eight and four with a 3.94 ERA, about a hit per inning. Uh, doesn't strike out a ton of batters. His xFIP is actually 4.42, which is um, obviously higher than 3.94 ERA. Uh, lefties hit a bit better against him: 276, 337, 448 slug. Right-handers 239, 289, 352 slug. He throws six pitches, uh, sinker 25%, change up 18%, cutter 17%, sweeper 17%, four-seamer 14%, and curveball 8%. Uh, his four-seamer and sinker sit around 92 miles an hour. And his zone contact rate is about three and a half percent higher than league average. So, uh, hitters do make contact against, uh, Kyle Gibson a bit. So coming into this matchup again, Gilbert against Gibson on paper numbers wise, it looked like a pretty even matchup. Um, in the second inning, uh, the Mariners scored on a Tom Murphy sack fly to center field, driving in Cal Raleigh. 
the second inning was also the beginning of Logan Gilbert's 15th straight retired. Austin Hayes singled with one out in the bottom of the second, and Baltimore did not get another hit until uh, Anthony Santander hit a solo home run in the bottom of the seventh. So Mariners exit the second inning with a 1-0 lead. Top three, uh, Eugenio Suarez, RBI single, scoring tie France. Mariners go up 2-0. Colton Wong, sack fly, driving in uh, Taylor Hernandez. Mariners go up 3-0. I like seeing Colton Wong do the little things. I think that was part of why uh, he was attractive to the Mariners in the offseason. Things like driving in, you know, hitting a fly ball when it's necessary, uh, moving runners along, taking an extra base, um, playing consistent defense at second. I think that's a part of the attraction to bringing him in. Uh, and in this instance, he hit the, the necessary fly ball to drive in tail. So the Mariners go up 3-0. Tom Murphy comes up and hit a two-run uh, bomb, uh, 418 feet to left field, which is difficult to do in Baltimore, um, to make the score 5-0. Top four, Taylor Hernandez hit yet another home run to center field uh, on a middle-middle sinker. It was 407 feet. Mariners go up 6 nothing. Until the bottom of the seventh when Santander hit the uh, solo home run. Again, Logan Gilbert had retired 15 in a row at this point in time. Mariners are still up 6-1. And then in the top of the eighth, uh, the Mariners hit six straight singles, which was pretty wild to watch in real time. Um, Jared Kelnick, J-Rod, Ty France, Teo Hernandez, Cal Raleigh, Eugenio Suarez all hit RBI singles. Um, Suarez was the only one who drove in two, but the Mariners at that point were up 13-1 and went on to win 13-1. So an incredible output from the Seattle Mariners offense. Um, again, you know, people were, were uh, out for blood. Um, with Jerry DePoto in the front office as far as how they went about uh, the offseason. Very hypercritical of the Teo Hernandez acquisition, hypercritical of the certainly of the Colton Wong acquisition, people calling for him to get cut. I certainly floated the idea, but I feel like I was kind of the most patient uh, person with Colton Wong. I just think track record means a ton. You know, back of the baseball card means a ton. And if a player is consistently performing at a certain level, Certainly at age 32, you want to, you expect to see a bit of a dip, but Colton Wong's starting to show that he is a major leaguer. And I think that the Mariners were smart to be patient with him and the alternatives to Colton Wong aren't necessarily perfect. So, um, he started to look good. Uh, AJ Pollock, we're still waiting on, but you know, he needs the opportunity against lefties to show what he can do at this point in his career. So over the last, um, I should say, so in this game, uh, uh, every Mariner, every Mariner in the in the um, starting lineup got a hit. Uh, Tom Murphy had two. Eugenio Suarez had three. Tail had three. Ty France had three. Cal Raleigh had two. They just the, the offense went off. Um, Tail Hernandez three for five, three runs, two RBIs, and a home run. Uh, Eugenio Suarez three for five, two runs, three RBIs, and a double. Uh, goes on and on, right? Cal Raleigh, two for five, uh, two runs in an RBI. Tom Murphy, two for four, um, a run, three RBIs and a home run. It's, you know, these explosions are going to happen, especially with a team 
who has been underperforming. Um, again, we hope that this is the the uh, the breakout of the offense. I don't know if that's it, but th- they're certainly being carried by uh, by Teo and Ty France right now. So here are some pretty astounding numbers uh, to me. I'm going to go through the Mariners regulars and what they've done in the past two games against New York and Baltimore. Jared Kelnick, one for 10, the run in an RBI. Julio, two for 10 with two runs in an RBI. He seems to be scuffling quite a bit. Um, Ty France, four for eight, four runs, a homer, two RBIs. Taylor Hernandez in the past two games is six for freaking nine. Five runs, four RBIs, two long home runs. Just, I think he's the offensive MVP of the last month or so. Cal Raleigh, four for 10 with the homer, four runs and two RBIs. Gino is five for eight, three runs, five RBIs. Colton Wong, three for seven with a run, a homer and two RBIs. It's just, they've exploded. And um, this is, I think they're one bat away. I know that people have said they're more than one bat away. I think the Mariners are one bat away. I think a DH who can hit against both righties and lefties, who strikes some fear in the other team, who can make this lineup much longer, um, much more difficult to face, would do absolute wonders for this team. Um, I am a proponent of a hitter like Ian Happ. I think if it's Ian Happ, then the Mariners need to acquire one other bat. A uh, Jorge Soler, I've said, you know, numerous times, I think would look amazing in this lineup. You put Soler at DH, uh, you put him right behind tail or you put him right behind, say, Cal Raleigh in the six hole, something like that. And, you know, the Mariners would be very right handed heavy, but he would make this lineup look so different than you have Suarez in the seven. Um even a Jonathan India, who I don't, I don't think Cincinnati's going to break up um, that team at all. But a Jonathan India would look really, really nice at second base. Um, but the Mariners' offense is is killing it right now, and again, hope this is a sign of what's to come. But super excited about it. Mariners fans should be. Uh, Julio looks to be scuffling. Um, he's getting a lot of pitches up and in, and a lot of pitches low and away. It's the formula that I wish. George Kirby would go to more against hitters, but he's swinging at pitches that are too far up and in, and he's swinging at pitches that are too far low and away. Um, he's getting jammed a lot. Again, he's too talented to not get out of it, but it is kind of weird to see him at this point in the Mariners season hitting 237 with a 712 OPS. Um, but again, I'm confident that it'll come around. So while the Mariners offense is flying, uh, Logan Gilbert just dominated today. Um, he his he didn't get a ton of whiffs, kind of on par with with his um, average for the season. Twenty four percent whiffs in this game, eleven whiffs on forty five swings. Um, he only threw twelve first pitch strikes out of twenty three pitches. Um, when he's on, you see that number a little bit higher. Sixty two pitches um, were strikes of the ninety four he threw. But I think he, he threw fewer strikes straight down the middle and he threw harder with more spin than he has, um, on average over the course of the year. And so he had better stuff in this game. And I think it showed, uh, forcing fastball was up 1.6 miles an hour average over his yearly average. So he averaged 96.8 today. 
the slider was up 1.2 miles an hour. He averaged 89.8, so almost a 90-mile-an-hour slider that he was throwing this uh, tonight. Then the splitter was up um, a half mile an hour as well. And usually when you see the, the velocity go up like that, you can see spin go down a bit. But his spin was way up. Fastball spin was up 141 RPMs, which is nuts. Um, slider spin was up 151 RPMs. Um, and then the knuckle curve spin was up 269 RPMs. I hate to say it, but those kinds of numbers make you wonder if um, if Logan Gilbert was gripping the ball a little better. Wink, wink. Uh, because that's a big jump. It's big to jump uh, a mile and a half um, on your fastball. It's big to jump 150 RPMs of spin on your fastball or on your slider. Um, whatever the case is, his stuff looked better. Um, clearly, uh, he was dominant in this game. He ended up going seven innings, two hits, one run. It was earned one walk, five strikeouts, one home run. That was the home run to Santander in the seventh. Retired 15 in a row. Ran his record to five and four uh, with a 4.07 ERA. This is the Logan Gilbert that everybody wants to see. He can be dominant at times, um, clearly. Justin Topa pitched the eighth, one inning, one hit, one K. Um, Taylor Saucedo, one inning, uh, one strikeout to end the game. Um, so Mariners get a great pitching performance. Mariners get a ton of offense. This is when kind of both sides are clicking at the same time. Um, they're now, uh, Mariners are now 37 and 37 outscored the opponent 23 to three in the past two games. Um, nine and a half games out of first behind Texas, three games out of the last wild card spot, six and four in the last 10 games, and now have a plus 27 run differential. These last two games are an example though, of how run differential can be, get skewed, uh, because, you know, this is only two victories, and yet the Mariners are plus 20 in this in these two games. The Orioles dropped to 45 and 29. They're five and a half games behind Tampa Bay, but they are the number one wild card in the American League as of right now. Um, tomorrow's game should be fun. Uh, Bryce Miller goes for the Mariners, leading me to uh, why... I think it would be foolish of the Mariners to trade um, really starting pitching of of any kind, uh, majors and potentially even minors. So the Mariners' um, pitching depth was really decimated uh, by the injuries to Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez. We don't know if the uh, Marco injury is season ending or not, but obviously he's not been off the injured list as of yet. Um, those were two of the five uh, starters in the rotation as of uh, the beginning of this year. The rotation as it stands, Castillo, Kirby, Gilbert, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu um, may have higher upside than it did with Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez, but it has less experience. And there's certainly going to be an inning cap or a pitch cap on Bryce Miller and Brian Wu throughout the year. And the Mariners are going to have to adjust on the fly to that. Uh, Mariners have Chris Flexen um, in the bullpen currently. He's been struggling, obviously, but he's proven to be a an okay major league starter over the past couple of seasons. Uh, he's a pitcher that 
if the Mariners are going to have to deal pitching, I don't know what his value is across the league. Um, he would be a rental. This is his last year of his three-year contract. Um, if he got dealt, uh, I don't know what the value would be, but he's someone that the Mariners, I think, would would part with if need be. Um, but then from there, the Mariners' depth are a bunch of 23- and 24-year-old um, pitchers in triple and double-A. Uh, at least those of note. So Tyler Dollard is a uh, right-handed pitcher in AAA. He does not have great stuff. Um, he's pro if his ceiling is at that of a number five starter in the major leagues, but he's probably a, a middle reliever or a quad A pitcher. The Mariners have um, Juan Mercedes and Emerson Hancock in AA. Hancock is 24, Mercedes is 23. Mercedes is not much of a prospect. Hancock was a, a top 10 draft pick by the Mariners a couple years ago out of Georgia. Um, Emerson Hancock, I think, has the uh, upside of a 3-4 starter. Um, he was through a lot of two-seamers and a lot of a lot of sliders um, in the beginning of his minor league career. He's been mixing in, I think, more four-seam and trying to change his approach to become more of a strikeout pitcher uh, this season. He's seen better results with the strikeout, but also an increased ERA so far in double A. Um, in my opinion, he's ready. I think if he needed to step in the number five um, slot in the rotation, he would go through some uh, growing pains, but is not the worst option in the world. I also think that Emerson Hancock would probably carry some trade value um, on the market. And so he is the type of name that I would want to see the Mariners uh, pair with a hitter to acquire a hitter uh, with experience. I think he would be the number one pitcher on the Mariners list that I would consider dealing, but still, you know, you're, you're ready or, or close to ready. Um, reinforcements from the minor leagues are really those three. Uh, Prelander Baroa is also in double a he's 23. He was lights out in spring training for the Mariners. Um, he was acquired in the Donovan Walton trade a couple of years ago with the giants electric arm, but really fastball slider, two pitches. And then he's been pitching in relief in double A uh, over the last, I think, month and a half or so. And so clearly the Mariners see him as a reliever and probably a, an impact one immediately. So if a team's acquiring Barroa, uh, I don't know if, if the value is totally there. And then the Mariners have Michael Morales in, in A ball and then Walter Ford and Juan Pinto in low A, and they're both 18. Morales is 20. Morales would have trade value um, to other teams, but uh, I guess is someone that the Mariners could give up, um, but I don't know what you would get back for him at this point in time. So all of that to me says the Mariners' current reinforcements starting pitching-wise in the minor leagues are all four or five types. None of them have the upside of a Bryce Miller or a Brian Wu. Uh, so if the Mariners were to trade a Bryce Miller or Brian Wu, um, they would be replaced by either a pitcher that was acquired or a pitcher of much less upside and talent. Uh, that's not, to me, a recipe for success. That's not going to help the Mariners get to the playoffs. Um, the Mariners do print relievers and and effective ones like the government prints money, right? And I think that if the Mariners needed to deal from some of that relief depth, they could. 
uh, you know, maybe a team sees something in Matt Brash, thinks that they can get Matt, Matt Brash um, to have better command or control. Uh, maybe Justin Topa is someone who another team would want, specifically a contender with bats. Um, even a Gabe Spire, who's important to the Mar- Mar- Mariners' bullpen, but um, would not be worth keeping if you could acquire a bat. I think there are a lot of really quality arms in the major league or the Mariners organization that they could afford to deal a Penn Murphy. If he comes back healthy for say 10, 15 innings, um, does that get you Solaire? No, but a team that fancies themselves as a contender that could deal from surplus of hitting for a, an Emerson Hancock plus a major league reliever, plus a, you know, um, uh, Axel Sanchez or a Tyler Locklear. Um, that makes sense, right? Or they want, they see something in Taylor Trammell. And it's Trammell, Hancock, and a reliever for a, an, uh, you know, one year rental, uh, bat. That's something a team out of contention might do. So I could see the Mariners pairing relievers and hitters. Um, I could see them dealing Hancock or even a Baroa. Um, and then the Mariners do have a ton of bats um, in a ball and down. So Harry Ford obviously is probably as close to untouchable as any Mariners bat is. But Tyler Locklear is a ready-made corner bat. Um, Axel Sanchez has been a great shortstop uh, this year. Gabriel Gonzalez, I think, is a top 25 um, prospect by the time he matures in a couple of years. Felton Celestin is an incredible an uber talent that I don't think the Mariners would deal Cole Young was their first round pick last year. Uh, I don't know if the Mariners would want to deal him. He's performed incredibly well so far this season, but um, would carry value around baseball. And then Lazaro Montes is like your ultimate lottery ticket, um, left-handed slugger. All of those guys are attractive to other organizations. All of those guys um, would really help a minor league system of a team that is out of contention. Uh, I don't know that I would deal a few of them for a rental necessarily, but, uh, the Mariners do have value in their minors. So again, you deal Miller or Wu and you're not replacing them. You are downgrading your, your starting pitching period. Even if Marco comes back healthy, your upside for your rotation is not the same. And you're one injury away from being, uh, basically a non-contender. Uh, Chris Flexen has proven to be a pitcher that the Mariners can't count on to be consistent in the rotation uh, this season. And so, you know, even right now, without dealing from any of the depth, the Mariners are still counting on both Bryce Miller and Brian Wu to be consistent. And uh, they're young. They're 23 and 24 years old. And I don't know that consistency is something that you can count on with them. So in my mind, I, I think the Mariners do have to deal for at least one bat, maybe two, but you're not dealing from the Mariners uh, top five starting pitchers. I, I think that would be foolish. Uh, and I think that the rumors that we hear come out about Wu or Miller, um, specifically the ones over the last couple of days uh, from JP Morosi about the Mariners and the Cardinals having conversations are driven by the Cardinals even for a large newt bar, I don't think the Mariners would give up either of those two. There's too much upside with those two. So we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe Sunday I'll come back with some of the potential trade targets that the Mariners could be looking at in those deals. Um, those targets are 
always changing. We talked about them uh, last week, but there are some to add as well. So we'll come back tomorrow. Uh, I'll be in Seattle, um, not at the game, obviously, because the game's in Baltimore, but watching uh, Bryce Miller pitch against Dean Kramer in Baltimore at one o'clock Pacific. Uh, and we'll do a podcast um, later on uh, Saturday night. So thank you for listening uh, to the Mariners cast. Uh, we were brought to you by Sports Ethos. Uh, once again, you can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20. That's T I N O J R 20. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E T H O S M A R I N E R S. Take care, y'all. Enjoy the weekend. Peace.